You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. For technical reasons, Joanne Bainham is not joining myself this evening. So the stalwart, David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg is with me. Now, David, just I mentioned Johannesburg. You took your wife to the airport and you said to me, yeah. I might be a little bit late, but I hope to avoid the traffic. Did you avoid the traffic? No, no. It was an absolute disaster. The only, the only thing is that there was a massive hold up um, off the highway uh, on the off-ramp to the airport. And I managed to get there when it was only two kilometers after I dropped Linda and, wor- and kind of wormed my way back to uh, where we live, you know, by the Wanderers. Mm. I think that had extended now to two, three, four kilometers, and it's crawling. And that was just one of the jams that we got into. There was, and even getting there was a, a, a huge truck that was broken down. Um, coming back as well, there was a metro bus that was broken down. All the traffic lights are out of uh, order because of load shedding. There are no cops on the road. The only people who are conducting traffic are vagrants or beggars, you know, who, who take it upon themselves to conduct. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's actually a joke. I mean, it, it's a, would, I, would I undertake this again? Not in a hurry. Although in June, I have to make my way to the airport. But, Lindsay, it, it, it's just starting to look like a uh, dystopian I suppose we are. We've been dystopian for some time, but uh, things are just breaking apart there. And the worst thing is that there's no authority. You know, there's no. You don't see um, vehicles of authority. You know, either metro police or uh, police or anybody there trying to make an effort to control and 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 save lives. You know, because it's pretty dangerous um, where people are angry, they want to get home, and so on. I just, I just shake my head and uh, in disbelief that we've fallen this far and, you know, so down. So, yes, I, I came back. I missed it, 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 it took me uh, about one and a half, nearly one and a half hours there and back, etc. So mm. I, I did miss a little bit of the close in the, on the JSC. That's all right. We've, we've, we've got a couple of themes to talk about here. And, and the major mm. one is platinum. Platinum stocks. Yes. I don't know if you've seen the, yes. the, the, the run-up. Yes. I mean, at lunchtime, it was fairly impressive. But it's carried on. And I thought, what, what, what is it? Has there been an upgrade from a couple of the big um, investment houses? Or is it the China story? The GDP beating expectations at 4.5%. It must be that. That's why commodities have taken it's, off. It's, per, it's probably part of that. But it's, it's quite strange that, I don't know if I said it to you or I've been discussing it, um, we saw gold shares go, um, what's the word, hyperbolic. <laughs> you know, that's, yes. just, uh, it, it's... Uh, if you look at the goldfield charts or the Anglo-American charts, the share price has literally taken off like a, ra- a rocket, whereas platinum has kind of lagged behind. And, you know, thinking to myself, I said, no, you know, if there is a trade, it's got to be sell gold and buy platinum. Now, and, and I'm not a trader. It's just that normally the two kind of move in tandem. Tandem, They're both precious metals. Of course, platinum's got a lot more industrial uses. Um, but something's happened today that there must be one massive trade to kind of get the movements that we've got today. China was a bit muted today, and I, I you know, I don't think there was anything there that, uh, admittedly, it, it, you know, the trades were, um, sorry, the GDP numbers were good, but it was also driven a lot by, um, you know, by spending, by retail spending. Those numbers were the most impressive. So if you go through it today. 
you know, even if you look at the Chinese market, yes, it was up, but nothing, you know, nothing extraordinary. So I, I, I'm still trying to find the answer for, uh, you know, for the platinum story. And always um, when there's this sort of move, I mean, Anglo-American platinum, the biggest platinum miner in the world, and, and, it, and it rallies more than 15%. Now, that, that is yeah. extraordinary. I've never seen Man. these sort of numbers before. So there must have been some people that were caught. There has to have been. And they just said, oh, goodness, I'm going to throw in the yes. towel. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it has come off a low oh, base as well. It could be. And it re a really, it, really low it base. It could be. Mm. But this is a statement rally. I don't think that even when it pulls back, which it, it invariably will, I don't think many people will be shorting platinum, not after this move. No. No. Something, you know, I, I, I'd be watching the platinum chart, platinum, uh, um, or certainly the Anglo Platts chart for some time. Mm. And it, it had broken through what was like a neckline. Uh, call it a support level, which was at the thousand, and it was hovering around there. And you know, I wanted to see whether it could hold. And I mean, today it's uh, it's one one four five, so you know, fifteen percent up, as you say. Well, fourteen point six percent with Sabania up eleven percent, Northern ten and a half, you know, and Parlor ten. I mean, these are massive, massive moves. Uh, I don't know what the trade was. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out now to give you some idea. Okay. Um, if, you know, I just want to look at the JSE trade to start. Uh, we're in the closing auction now, and yet <laughs> they don't really register, <laughs> Lindsay. That's the irony. Thin market conditions, in other words. Very thin. Because if I look at uh, – um, total volume trade today is 23 billion, call it 24 billion, which is slightly firmer than what we've seen. But today's trade was still dominated by Capitech. We'll talk about those results yes, in, a moment. Uh, in a sec if you want to. Yes, I do. Because, uh, by Capitech. And then Naspers, Process, Richmond, and then we get to Sabanya and Anglo Gold, Impala. Yes, so there was some trade, but not exceptional. You know, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, just generally, these these stocks make up three to you know about two and a half to three percent. Yesterday, they're about four percent. So there's a slight increase in volume. But that you know why in that kind of low volume would you push up the shares uh, like you have? So there's obviously a trade around this that uh, you're going to have to ask your 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 mates on the derivative desks mm. on some of the commodity trading desks. I think to find. Uh, the answer, but it's it's it, it is you know strange strange moves. Yeah, the platinum price itself was firm, but the rand was um, also yeah. doing doing very little. And there's no way that a thirty-five dollar move in platinum to the upside can justify yeah. fifteen, ten, eleven, ten, six percent for African rainbow moves. All these things. It's a big commodity basket that's gone through, led by platinum. That's what I think. But we'll we'll find out in the days. You find the days you, you mentioned you know you mentioned the rand, which is correct because the rand didn't rally. No, you know the rand is is uh, eighteen sixteen, which is I think we've been at these levels overnight. You know, so there was nothing in that side of it. Uh, I'm looking at the iron ore price um, on the on the Chinese numbers. Hardly did anything. Um, I don't know where oil and those prices are, if there was any major move today. No. But uh, they look pretty stable or static. Nothing's happening of major consequence in, in the U.S. I know there were some banking results out there as well. So that was the highlight, you know, certainly the highlight. But uh, definitely, um, you know, big basket. Someone, you know, you know what can happen, Lindsay? And I think we're, we're such a small market. 
all you need is uh, the FANEC fund or one hedge fund in America or something like this to put an order in. For them, you know, to put in a, a million dollars or something might not be a lot, but into or whatever, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, the orders might not appear very large in their in their books, but when it's translated here and they say, you know, let's go get some platinum or something like that, yes, it can translate into some very, very big aggressive uh, buying, but, uh, you know, prices go up on very limited volume. So we got we got to watch tomorrow. You know, tomorrow will be will give us an indication of what it is, if these prices can hold or whether they do come down. Capitec uh, came out early this morning before you went on uh, your uh, your uh, exodus to uh, Otambo <laughs> International Airport. But um, yeah, and the, you know, profits up fifteen percent. Okay, it's a bit pedestrian, uh, but uh, it was the um, uh, what do they call it? I've forgotten the word now. Impairments. Impairments. Impairments rose mm. by eighty mm. percent. Yeah. That's yeah. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, this is a bank that has been underperforming the other banks. Mm. Um, it's worried me for some time. I like the business. I like the model. I've got no issues with the people running it, but it's kind of perhaps badly placed for the current environment. And the fact that their impairments were up 80%, I think the forecasts were for impairments to be up between 50 and 60%. So it's far worse than the market was expecting. And even if you even if you look at the revenue line as well, it's steady, it's decent. But once you have impairments like that, also there was an there was a number called you know, and I never went into that great called interest paid, which obviously is what they're paying out in interest, and that was quite high as well. So your operating profit, the operating profit was only up at about two percent. Sorry, the net income, net income, income after credit impairments was only up about two percent. So this is a bank that's that's starting to feel the strain. And Lindsay, the most significant uh, statement there was that they said, and I, I love the way that Capitec actually um, produce their results. They're very open and transparent, and they write in an easy-to-understand language. But what they did say was that clients spent 8% more on groceries and 16% more on fuel than last year. Okay, so you can see where the strain is coming in on yes. the wallet. Also, what they said is that uh, income only increased. In other words, the, the income of uh, their clients only increased 4% versus 10%. So what they're highlighting is the strain on the consumer. And, the cons and, and I think this is going to play through in, in a lot of businesses, uh, South African-based businesses, the retailers, and it will also eventually kind of uh, you know, permeate into the other banks as well. Yes, I, th I think so. And I just wondered, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you study this sort of thing, but when a, a bank's impairments start to go up, is that a leading mm. indicator on an even worse e economic situation? I mean, South Africa is already, I suppose, technically in recession. Yes. Well, not technically, but I would say it's in recession. But when a bank starts um, having, to, <laughs> having to produce these numbers, does that mean that the economy is going to follow or is it the other way around? Yes. No, you're right. Yes, it's it's beginning to reflect the strain on consumers. And remember, they probably got a lot of businesses as well. So it's uh, I think it's a leading, you know, it's it, it's it's a leading result. It's uh, it's also at February. Mm. You know, most of the other banks were in December. 
So they ended down about 4.5%, but I think uh, they had given an indication, they had given a trading update where, um, you know, they said that results would be up 50%. I think the market responded then. But I think it's that payment figure that you brought up now that's kind of just shaken people and also the commentary about, you know, what lies ahead. So some of the damage has already been done. I mean, it's in, in the market, but I think you, you're, you're dead right. You know, I'm, I, I'm still nervous of banks. And you see today they were down, even in a day which was dominated by those platinum counters. You know, banks were down, and I think uh, we've seen a bit of pressure on retailers. Also, the property stocks were a little down today as well. Um, yeah, all, all the retailers are down. ShopRite a little bit better, but, I mean, if you go, every retailer took a bit of strain as well. Yeah, so, we've, and we've, yeah. Got, um, we've got CPI coming out tomorrow from um, mm. the South, South African economy, and I noticed the bond market went back above 10%, the US ten, uh, sorry, the South African 10-year uh, went above ten uh, percent. Uh, maybe they're they're a little bit nervous about the interest rate situation again in um, in your country. Um, another bank that came out with it results, is, it, yes, mm-hmm. um, is Goldman no. Sachs. Goldman Sachs came out with yeah, their numbers: yeah. a twenty percent fall in profit. Now yeah. um, they, they they detailed it, and there's all sorts of things where we we disposed of this, and we made a loss of uh, five hundred million dollars on that, etc. Et um, but when I read this, David, which, mm. which was um, a headline called Lonely Bulls on Bloomberg, it says, the more the S&P 500 goes up and it's risen 6% in a month, the less people trust it. Hedge funds have been loading up bets against US stocks and a model kept by Goldman Sachs shows mutual fund and futures market outflows suggesting that rather than rise, the index should have been down 3% over the past three months. What does it mean should have been down 3%? It was up 6%. I, yeah. That's what, that's what it know. should be. It should be up 6% because that's what the market told you. Now, that tells me that Goldman Sachs' proprietary trading desk is short of the market and that hasn't, that hasn't exactly. done well for them. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, you know what? That message um, has been pushed for the last, six months, yes. more, even more, or almost a year. And yeah, you know, the market is not running away. It's up. It's holding its own, but it's not falling in a heap. And the big fear was that this, these sets of results that are going to come through, you know, we're going to uh, um, knock the market. And, and the big houses are being positioned, and yet it's holding up pretty well. There's no major sell-off. Somewhere down the line, these massive short positions are going to have to come and start covering, or a lot of these analysts are going to have to say, hold on, maybe we got it wrong. You know, So they're still pushing the story. They still believe they're right, and they're still sticking to their, you know, to, to, to their views. Um, I, I just, you know, I hope, I hope they're wrong. I hope they're wrong, but at the moment, the market is saying you're wrong. You know that 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 they are wrong, and that things are perhaps in the economy worse than expected, and that the Fed will start to ease back, and the Fed will start to uh, uh, reduce rates. So you know, even if I look now against what you've point, what you've painted now, the S and P's down 0.2 percent. I mean, it was up last night, and uh, also the Nasdaq's down 0.15 percent as well. Lindsay, there's there's another important issue that's that that's happening yeah uh and again it's it's a pattern that's developing over the last few months what we used to see is that there'd be early morning strength 
mid-morning, you know, right through to uh, near the close. At the close, market would end a little down. Morning strength, boom, at the close, down. Now we're seeing the opposite. We see early weakness and late strength. And this has been happening for a couple of weeks now. So every time I go to bed, which, you know, is pretty early, and mm-hmm. I look at the S&P, I say, oh, no, okay, we're under pressure. I wake up and it's ended better, as happened last night and has happened. So there's some very odd, you know, people are either covering towards the end, you know, covering their shorts, or alternatively buying on, you know, buying on that weakness. But markets held up a lot better than, uh, uh, you know, than we thought. Yes, I, I really think it is. And, and, and eventually they might be right, who knows. But uh, at, at the moment, I think there might be a little bit of, a little bit of pain. Um, David, let me give you some spot prices now. Dollar Rand is uh, 18.16. That's a dollar that is down about 0.6% against the Rand. The British pound, 22.57, 0.4% down for the pound. Euro Rand, uh, 19.91, down around about 0.4% as well. Euro dollar is 109.65. That's doing very mm. little indeed. In the States, oh, there's nothing going on. Dow Jones is down about point, about a third of a percent, let's call it. S&P down a bit. NASDAQ down a tiny increment. FTSE in London, 0.4% higher. DAX up half a percent. So is the CAC 40. Incidentally, did you know that the CAC 40 is now bigger than the FTSE 100? It used to be the FTSE right at the top. And then the DAX. Is this a luxury good? I don't know. This can only be through the. I don't know. That's interesting. $200 billion, uh, sorry, euros market cap bigger than the FTSE 100. That's interesting. Because, you know, if you look at the UK, I mean, it's made up of a lot of financials and also a lot of energy stocks. Yeah. Mm, Miners, yeah. Very interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, now you do. Uh, Gold price 2000. Yes, you do. Two thousand and ten, up um, sixteen dollars per ounce. Platinum, oh now it's jumping. There's another reason for these things going up. It's now nearly eleven hundred dollars an ounce, and it was mired in three That's, figures oh, okay. just two, okay. three weeks ago. So we got yeah. platinum, the metal, in dollar terms. That's a five and a third percent move for platinum. Yeah. And also, suddenly palladium has gone right. a bit berserk as well. It's up seventy-four dollars yeah. an ounce, or four point seven percent. So you got the platinum group metals. I don't know what rhodium's doing. I'll have a look um, if I'm really bored. But um, yeah, that's a, another very okay. uh, key reason for it. Yeah, yeah. What I don't know what the backdrop to it, you know I don't know what the story is or who's buying. Uh, I haven't picked up any platinum stories, no, you no. know of, uh, of of major consequence that uh, whatever it is, any breakthroughs on green technology or whatever, you know. But um, it has been a day for the platinum bulls. I think unfortunately a lot of the chaps went long gold and remain gold, and now time to. Switch. Do the switch. Mm-hmm. Do the mm-hmm. switcheroo. Um, <laughs> on the capital markets, the South African 10 year bond yield, 10.05%. Um, the US 10 year, um, so it's not doing much, it's 3.58%. Uh, other commodities, uh, Brent crude oil, $84.95, which is up um, around about 0.4%. West Texas crude, $81.15, which is up 0.4% as well. Natural gas has gone up 2.3%. So it's across the board yeah. here we've got these, these these big commodities going. Yeah. Lindsay, that's a big story. You know, against what you said, when commodities start to go up yes, like this, when you see these movements, and I'm not a commodity bull. 
you know, I, I, we, we live in a commodity country. I'm not a, a, a bear. I'm not, you know, most of my local portfolios will have bulletin in and uh, whatever, a bit of maybe Anglos, I don't know, mainly bulletin. But I'm not, you know, I'm not anti it. But I re- when you get movements like this, it's pointing to something big. <laughs> it's, it's pointing, you know, this is not a negative sign. When commodities start to go, it does point to dollar weakness, but it also points to increasing demand and uh, obviously growing confidence because if there's anything that goes the other way when there's a deep recession and uh, bearishness, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's commodities. So the fact that we saw this, you know, it's, there, there is some confidence somewhere. Yes, there really is, and um, I, I, you know, this is the sort of move that it, it, it's not quite the signal of the end of the of the bear market because we know what Anglo-American platinum, for example, yeah. has done. But when you see the graph, maybe the six-month or one-year graph or something, like that, you see a big move like this, and you think, well, all sorts of trend lines have been broken, all sorts of resistance mm. lines have been sliced through by this 15% plus move. Then it calms down a bit because the shorts um, are licking their wounds and um, yeah, the, the, the buying isn't there anymore. But then the real buying comes in. And you know our friend, mm. I won't mention his name because it's indiscreet of me, but the friend that we often talk about on this show, he said to me four or five weeks ago, he, he loves commodities and he started buying the platinum group metals platinum. first so he must be mm. very happy he never he doesn't mm. never shows mm. much emotion but um mm. but i think he's very very mm. happy and well done to him uh, bitcoin yeah. to uh, 30,230 and what else have we got here s&p 500 futures yeah they were up when we started the conversation up around about 0.3% now they're now down a quarter of a percent 4167 David, I'm just going to read you my list now as I fiddle with my screen of my leaders, my leaderboard. Yeah. Anglo-American Platinum, 14.6% yeah. to the good. Sibania Stillwater, almost 11%. Yeah. Northern, almost 10.5%. Impala Platinum, 9 and 2 thirds. And African Rainbow Minerals, uh, down, uh, sorry, up 6 and 3 quarters. Alphamin down 5.6, Bytes down 4 and That was up yesterday. Down, yeah, yeah, that Alphamin was, there was an unusual move yesterday. So Okay. Um, Just correcting yeah, itself. Carry on, sorry. Carew yeah. uh, mm. uh, down 4.5%, also Capitec on the close, having been over 5% weaker, closing the day down 4.5%. It's, it's not a huge amount, um, but yeah. They've, they've got to manage their they've got to manage their portfolio now they've got to manage their book haven't they that can't that can't keep going up no 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 you did right so yeah okay and anyone's outside of those i know you've been away um no, for the afternoon not really i think they, they they actually dominated the you know the the big ones dominated the the board today there was nothing um, outside of there's a Lasaka that goes, which is the old net one, goes up and down every day, and you never know what the trade is. But I think you've highlighted uh, all the big moves there. Good. Okay. If what you about... want the indices, yes, this please is, give me know, the that, indices. Which is quite industry. Yeah. So we ended up 0.73 percent at seven nine two nine five, and it was all gold. The resource index up. Um, Call it four percent. That's my resource ten. Mm. Those are the top ten companies. But overall, resources up three point eight percent. With the precious metals and mining, because of the platinum and gold shares, uh, up five point nine percent. And then the rest of the market under a bit of pressure. Uh, you know, banks, as we mentioned, came under pressure. They bank index was down one point eight 
um, 1%. The broader financials uh, index down 1.4%. Uh, industrial flat, you know, just flat. Consumer discretionary is up, which is which I always look at because that's the all the consumer stock. That index was up uh, 0.29%. With uh, Richmond doing well, nice best process. Second day in a row that both Richmond and like, nice best process have uh, have been strong and bit bitcorp as well and probably bitcorp on on those chinese numbers you know uh, picking up growth very good for them good okay well, a very satisfactory day an interesting day i thought it was going yeah. to be dull as ditch water but no it wasn't um <laughs> this evening won't be as dull as ditch water because we've got um, chelsea versus real madrid chelsea. with chelsea under massive massive pressure so i'm yeah. looking forward to that i know you'll be asleep but so we'll report on it uh, <laughs> on thursday or something david thank you very much for dashing back okay. and uh, making the time to speak to me david shapiro is from assessment securities and that was the five o'clock shadow the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.